Armstrong and Getty. Why are you here today? We choose truth over facts. I, I don't understand what you're saying. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. All right, go, go. Spare us the theatrics. Behave yourselves. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Assuming things are going to be better next year causes people to act in crazy ways. Do you remember my favorite uh, stock market advice from Warren Buffett? When everyone is greedy, I get scared. And when everyone is scared, I get greedy. And everybody appears to be, like, super happy. Oh, yeah. Good times are rolling and they'll last forever. Correct. Which is impossible, by the way. Credit card debt is higher than ever. USA Today without an article uh, with an article today. Experian, which is the giant corporation that controls so much of credit and got hacked by the Chinese government. Americans have at least four cards on average with an average balance of almost $6,200 on each card. What? Yeah. Credit card debt is as highest it's ever been. So the economy... Wasn't it Equifax who got hacked? The, uh, I thought it was Experian. Oh, whatever. Right. Yeah, Equifax was okay. the hack one. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, what did it's Experian got? Fake news. Experian, no, something happened with Experian. Yeah, probably. But it might not have been the Chinese government. Yeah, it was something, though. You're right. Whatever. It was something. Um, the country's outstanding credit card and other types of revolving debt have jumped almost 20% from a decade ago, reaching an all-time high of about $1.1 trillion. According to a recent study, the average balance on a credit card is now almost $6,200, with the average uh, family having four cards. Um, and Americans have more room to run up debt because they're well short of their credit limit. And there's no reason to think we're not headed toward uh, reaching that limit. Oh, don't, don't, don't your credit limit. Don't, don't even look at that. That's not your limit. Your limit is what you can comfortably afford. I don't know. I don't know. If I couldn't comfortably afford it, why would they give it to me, Joe? Yeah, it's a good point. Sorry, I stand corrected. If you have credit card debt when times are good, it means you probably aren't putting away as much money as you should for when things eventually go south. Notice the word eventually, not if. It's 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 when. Right. Because it will happen. Well, yeah, there will be cycles. There are cycles. There will always be cycles. Yeah, that scares me. That really does. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to lecture people all the time about, you know, Dave Ramsey's got that corner uh, tied up, but about how they spend their money and save their money and the rest of it. But just lust. I, one of the best sermons I ever heard in a church was about lust. And the uh, the preacher was talking about the various sorts of lust that we feel. Um, and, and it's... Cheat. No, that's one kind. That's one of the your mo- notable sorts of lust, uh, Charles Krauthammer, the late, great Charles Krauthammer. Um, but there's lust for status. There's lust for material goods. There's lust for wealth. Uh, you know, pride is a sort of lust. And just... You gotta recognize it in yourself. Wait a minute. Is this, is this a healthy appetite? Am I pursuing vitamins that will make me stronger? Or is this gobbling junk food that will be, do nothing for my soul? And, uh, you know, if you can recognize that in yourself, you'll avoid a lot of stupid, stupid spending. This is not something I need. This is something I lust for that if I was a stronger person, I probably wouldn't want it all. And again, as I'm lecturing you, I'm lecturing me. Oh, sure. Because we all fight this all the time. And the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing is a real uh, impulse. It absolutely is. As everybody around you, 
you know, their quality of clothes, cars, size of houses, trips that you hear about, as all that rises, there's a like a feeling of expectation for you, your wife, your husband, your kids, everybody, that that's what you should be doing, too. It's a little embarrassing if you're not. Or you're just missing out on life or being yeah. too stingy or something. I don't know. Yeah. It's probably well, I want anthropo- to move into a cave and live simply. It's probably anthropological. It's probably this is what everybody around me is doing. They're surviving, so right. I should be doing the same thing. It's probably you know built into us. You know, that's worth remembering. And you'd think science would be a little farther along. Maybe it is, and we just don't pay attention. That after uh, you know hundreds of thousands of years of Homo sapiens kicking around, at least according to the science I subscribe to, please write your angry theological letters uh, you know, and address them to Jack. Uh, but anyway, you know, we adapted over a very, very long time to survive. And then in the last, you know, couple of centuries, life has changed completely. And so it's not shocking that we're ill-equipped as a beast to, you know, the, 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 the acorns don't grow in trees anymore. They're, I don't know, they're, they're at the bottom of rivers. Yeah. And so squirrels don't know what to do. The smart thing to do would be to not behave the way the people around you are behaving. And that's not the way that you would have survived back in the day right. as cavemen. Well, it's arguably smart. I think now it would be. Well, financially, absolutely yeah. would well, be. Well, live in a smaller yes. house, drive uh, cheaper cars, um, uh, take smaller trips would be smarter than doing what the crowd does. Virtually every time we talk about this sort of thing, we get a couple of emails or, or at least one from somebody who says, look, my wife and I agreed, Sarah, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we bring in X amount, and it's usually very modest. We live quite well. We don't do this. We don't do that. We don't do that. I have a 12-year-old car. She has a 10-year-old car. We, uh, you know, we, we have only one streaming service or none. Or, and these people are living quite nicely. And we serve, I'm sorry, we save X amount per month. They have made the deliberate decision to get off the uh, consumerist carousel. Mm-hmm. And they have lived quite well, and they will retire quite nicely. It's hard for people to do. It's hard for me to do. I don't want to do it. Sure. I was talking to another guy, a guy the other day, a successful guy, but he and his wife started out. They decided to live in a town that is not the town that you brag to people you live in. Um, bought a house there because it was so much cheaper. Paid it off and have been able to. Now kids are growing up in the nice colleges that they're paying cash for. Mm-hmm. Um, they've they crafted this life by avoiding the comparing themselves to others or worrying about what other people think. That's a hard thing to do. Really hard thing to do. It takes a great amount of um, self-confidence or something to do that. Where do they live? Crapville? <laughs> or is it Dumpy Acres? No, it's a perfectly okay place, but with the income they had, they could have lived in a much more, I brag, you live their neighborhood. Exactly. You're a more, oh, what do, what do they say in the real estate business? You're, you're higher status zip codes. Yeah. You're desirable zip codes. And by passing that up, that did completely change their financial life. You know, but the yeah, well, I don't want to get too far down this road, but I have seen in the real estate business where you have house A and house B, which are across the street from each other, like a little residential street, but one is in the desirable zip code and the other one is not, and there will be a 20% difference in the price of those houses, you know. What does that say about humanity? I'm not sure exactly, but... Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's real. And again, real ladies thing. and gentlemen, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to me, actually. Yeah, I know it. I know it. We got a reckoning coming with all that credit card debt when things do go south. Buy gold from William Devane. <laughs> That's my advice. Gold is a hedge. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. 
Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. I burnt the living bejesus out of my tongue yesterday oh, drinking hot coffee. Sorry to hear that. Worst I've ever done. Still can't taste anything. After decades of drinking coffee. Yeah. I know. Well, I think the same thing when I do it to myself. How okay. did I... What, how could I not be good at this? It's like when you hit your head getting into your car. I've gotten mm-hmm. in my car a thousand times. Why did I just smash my ear on the door this time? Right. <laughs> not tasting anything is actually a superpower. If I could, if if I had to lose one sense, I would willingly lose taste. Yeah. Never. Never. The others, you, are, the you, others are all essential to survival. Taste you, is the only thing that holds you back. You'd give up one of the other ones? Absolutely. Over taste? The Which Epicurean one? lifestyle is my greatest delight. So you're going to go through life blind so you can taste? No way. No, probably not. Um, uh, but so I was eating up my coffee, and I put it in the microwave for 10 seconds. Still not hot. Put it in for 15 seconds. Still not hot. And out of frustration, fine! Put it in for... Ah! Now you're hot! <laughs> and then I took a big swick of it. And then I had the... I've done this before, where it's in your mouth, and you have like a millionth of a second. Do I... Is this so bad I should spit it out? Yes. Yes. All over the place and make a giant mess? Yes. Or tough it out? And I tough, it. I toughed it out, but man, just seared my tongue. Oh, boy. Oh, I hate so that now thing. you got no sense of taste. Right. Whether you like it Luckily, or not. Luckily, it was after I hit my donut bottom. I believe I have hit my donut bottom. And if you eat enough donuts, you will have a donut bottom. Oh, yeah. Look at the donut bottom on him or her. What, what, what was your donut bottom? I just, I ate so many donuts yesterday, and it's been <sighs> so many days in a row that I just, just saying it almost made me chunder just now. Wow. I just, I don't, I don't know that I can ever even look or smell a donut ever again. I've known people who have gone on all sorts of different binges. I've never known anybody who's <laughs> gone on a, a multi-day donut binge. I think I've had donut every day for 14 days straight, something like that. Yeah. Well, now that you burned your taste buds off, you can just eat broccoli. It tastes the same as a donut. Exactly. Pretend it's a donut. Mmm, delicious long drawn. Funny texture, but yummy. Um, <laughs> so, I don't, uh, you know, I don't, I'm sure there are questionnaires all over the internet how you assess whether you are an alcoholic or not. Has drinking ever caused you to blank? Do you ever blank because you've been drinking? Do people ever say to you, your drinking is blank? I mean, if you were to insert donut instead of drinking in one of those questionnaires, I'd be curious to see, has your wife ever said, honey, I think you're donutting too much? Have you ever or, gotten in a fight when you'd eaten a donut? Have your kids ever say, said, daddy, why are you donutting? Have you ever woken up with a stranger because you've had too many donuts? <laughs> yes. Wait, are the, am I supposed to be writing these down? Have you ever called in sick to work because you had too many donuts the previous night? Huh? Crashed my car with a donut between my legs. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Frosting everywhere. Oh, you know what? That's funny. We got an email from a, a lady, and I wasn't sure whether to read it or not on the air. I couldn't decide. I kept hey, going I'm back sure it's fine. Michael, be quiet in there. Um... <laughs> It was about her daughter who had a couple of drinks, college age young gal, um, but but of, of, of legal age. I think she may have been 21, 22. Had a couple of drinks, got busted for DUI, and the penalty that they were going to hit her with would have made it extremely difficult for her to keep her job, and she would have owed big fines, had no way to pay them, and gone into a spiral of, of, of you know terrible financial outcomes. But because mom and dad could hire an attorney and a good one, her penalties were vastly reduced to the point that she could keep her job mm. and go on with her life. 
And boy, that that email troubled me. I wasn't sure, you know, what our take should be, or or I I really wanted to think about it for a while before I brought it to you. But that that bothered me. Well, the 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 we we haven't decided as a, we've decided as a society drinking and driving is bad, yes. and we've come up with a penalty. But yeah. I don't think anybody decided. You know, let's make the penalty uh, ru- ruins your ruins your life. Right. One one DUI ruins your life. Right. Well, it went from six months with no license to four months restricted license, and it went from something like a month in jail to. Um, you know, picking up trash on the weekends and going to a bunch of uh, AA meetings I think and, the, and DUI classes. I like the picking up trash on the weekends and stuff like that. Yeah. Huge inconvenience, all that sort of stuff. And no BS celebrity. My uh, my uh, uh, community service will be uh, doing a commercial telling kids not to drink and drive. Yeah, I've known I've known people that got a, got a incredibly BS community service deals. But Well, and I, I would go for that if I, I could. I love but. the idea of people picking up trash and stuff like that because it doesn't cost you anything. Because um, as we were talking about a couple of weeks ago, some of these proposals for making fines a proportion of your income or wealth mm-hmm. or something, yeah. because it does it does have a huge difference. Sure. A $500 fine for me today compared to when I was 20, completely different thing. Oh, please. Yeah. Be many, many, many multiples to get your attention the way that $500 did back in the day, depending on your status in life, talking to y'all at this point. But here's the deal. Guilt has well, sometimes been... it's the other way around, though. It's meant to be a mild punishment, and it's a huge punishment Yeah, for oh, somebody because they don't have much money. Yeah. But the idea that in an, uh, an offense like, and I'm not being soft on drunk driving, and well, why did I even say that? If you think I am, you're an idiot and should probably find a dumber radio show to listen to. But guilt has been established. And then the huge life-changing difference in the repercussions are based entirely on person A can afford to hire an attorney who's good and sharp and will say to the prosecutor, I'm going to fight you on every single aspect of this. I'd say most. And make it time-consuming, expensive, maybe she gets off completely, or we meet in the middle. Yeah, all through my youth, the idea of hiring an attorney, no, they appoint you one, don't they? Right. I can't hire an attorney. And you might, it's laughable. Well, the idea of it would have been laughable. And you might, therefore... Hello, how much are you? I'm $100 an hour. Okay, bye. What? <laughs> um... So, but the idea that the poorer person would have their life seriously knocked off track and the person with money to pay for good, I just, I'm really uncomfortable with that if it's a justice system and guilt has been established. Guilt has been admitted to. That's well, a tough I guess one. guilt has not been proved in a court of law because that's the whole point. It's a plea bargain. Mm. Yeah, it's it just, it's bothersome. Because the particulars of it, and, and I'm especially sympathetic to this because I have a couple of kids who are young, out on their own. Uh, as, as the great moral leader Bill Cosby once said, I have money. You don't have money. You want money? Go make some money. But So anyway, my two big kids were out on their own at this point. If they lost their licenses for six months, it would be, in, it would be devastating to them. Um, not to mention the other penalties, it'd be extremely difficult to hold on to their jobs because they're not highly placed insurance executives with years of tenure in the company. And the company would say, don't worry about it, Jim. You t- we'll work around you. You work around. No, they don't work that sort of job. And so I'm pretty sympathetic to the plight of the uh, the working class at this point. So would you hire them a lawyer or would you rather not answer that question? Uh, I would. I absolutely would. 
I mean, just because I think there's a problem with the system doesn't mean I'm willing to be trampled by it to make some sort of point. I think I would, I would, it would depend on whether or not I feel like they actually, thinking of my own kid now when they're older, if they actually are, you know, feel like they did something wrong and repentant. If I'm feeling like they're taking it pretty lightly, well, you probably need to be miserable for a while. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. But if you're actually, oh my God, I can't believe I let that happen. It was a mistake here, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you you asked me about my kids as opposed to in principle. If it's in principle, I agree with you 100%. I just know Kate and Dak and just the way they'd be. Um, but anyway, I don't know. Thought starter. I don't even have a conclusion to this. It just bothered me. It does help the uh, the 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 Johnny Cochran thing. I'll always remember that about uh, the O.J. Simpson trial. It's not a race thing. It's not about black and white. It's about green. The color of justice is green, which is unfortunate. Yeah, and it reminds me great Better Call Saul last night. Oh, oh really? Speaking of justice, and so would he get a person out of trouble or not? Is he good at it? Oh, that's oh, what he the, does. He's the best. He's the best at it yeah. with zero moral accountability. <laughs> well, not no, not zero, just very little, <laughs> as little as you could possibly have. And he does it in the most garish suit you could ever imagine. <laughs> to quote John Cusack in the film classic, uh, what the heck's the name of it? It's one of my favorite movies. Gross point blank. He says, my army psychology testing showed a certain moral ambiguity. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Saul has plenty of that. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, quick point of privilege. Quick point um, of personal privilege. Yes. I can handle things. I'm smart. This is Armstrong and Getty. Bring down is Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. 12 ways to wake up happier every morning. Maybe already wake up happy. Good for you. Wake up next to the underwear model you bagged last night. That's one. Okay, 13 ways to wake up happy. <laughs> I'm sorry, is bagged and delicate? Uh, yeah. yeah, I'd say so. Okay, sorry. Um, uh, and I don't think that would actually make you happy for very long, um, unless you're well, in, unless you were in love with each other. Is this a list of uh, waking up happy or waking up happy for very long? <laughs> Set your mind on being happy. Now, anybody who says to me happy is a choice, I want to fight. So, uh, the first one I have troubles with, but they get better from there. Uh, ha- set your mind on being happy. Happy is definitely a choice, says someone who wrote a book that she wants you to download and blah, blah, blah. But uh, the, a lot of the other ones I really like. Do something for someone else. Clearly, mm. absolutely, 100% true. No doubt about it. It's It's been known since the beginning of time. Uh, helping out other people is a good way to make yourself overall uh, more happy. Call a friend. Meaningful discussion or meaningful relationships in life. Crucial to being happy. It's the way we're built. Call a friend and you will feel happier afterwards. That's true. That. That's a pretty good one. Make sure they're awake, though. You know, you wake them up, they won't be happy. They might say something harsh, and then your friendship uh, fall apart, and then you're miserable. Why'd you call me at two in the morning? What are you doing? It's it's five oh three in the morning. Actually, if you're good friends and it's a big deal, they won't mind. Right, but you can't do it every day. Right. <laughs> I said, hey, Esther. It's got, <laughs> it's got to be an exceptional situation. Um, uh, find meaning in your pursuits, not the goals. I talk to my kids about this, one of them in particular, all the time. 
about the idea of when I get to this point or get this thing or get to this achievement or whatever, then I'll be happy. That is not the way life works. Uh, if you've been around a while, I think you know that. No, I'm reading the best book I've ever come across on that very topic. Uh, I want to. I can never remember author's name, so I'll hold off describing it to you. But stay tuned, and I'll, I'll turn you on to it. It's fabulous. What's the name of the book? Uh, the subtle art of not giving an f. Wow, interesting. Yeah, uh, I was thinking, and, and it's all about. It's not about being apathetic. It's about choosing very deliberately what you're going to give an f about. Oh, uh, sure, that makes perfectly good sense. And the uh, you have to enjoy, you know, the pursuit of go- whatever the goal is, mm-hmm. um, not the goal itself. Um, uh, if you think when you reach the goal, you'll be happy, that doesn't work. Well, and the, the main part of the book that I'm in right now is, is explaining y- you will always have problems. Don't think when you get to that goal, you will have no problems. You might have better problems, but it's the nature of life to always have problems. Warren Buffett has money problems. He just has better money problems than you. But he still worries about things and manages things and makes mistakes and that sort of thing. He probably so worries just, about health issues every single day. All right. So under, understand that and, and quit with the unrealistic expectation of someday reaching some great and grand plateau where there's nothing but joy and, and giggles. Written by Mark Manson. Mark Manson. That is correct. And it's the subtle joy of what is it? Not giving an F. Okay. And you highly recommend it. Oh, it's fabulous. The subtle art of not giving an F, which is interesting because exactly. I always thought that that was more of a science than an art. But mm. he's Let's not quibble. I'm thinking of, uh, I, I just <laughs> finished Woody Allen's autobiography recently, and he, he continually talks about how he loves the movie-making process. That's what he enjoys about it. He mm-hmm. never watches his films. He's never seen any of them after they're finished. He never reads the reviews. He doesn't care how they do. He doesn't care what people think of them. <laughs> all, all he cares about is the process. He loves writing them. And directing them and working with the people, and then when it's over, it's over. It, it's all how interesting. It's all the pursuit, not the goal, which I thought was really interesting. Because if it was all about how it turned out, you'd probably be miserable. Mm. Um, I saved it. Look, thank you, Arnold, you jackass. Look back and forward with rose-colored glasses. Uh, look back at things and try to pick out the uh, you know the the, the the best parts of them and look forward. Uh, you know, you, you, there's really no point in looking forward. <laughs> I don't think that ever does you any good. But if you're going to look forward, try to look the, the, the optimistically. Right. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I'd never heard about looking backward with rose-colored glasses. That's an interesting idea. I'll have to think. Yeah. Of, I'll have to contemplate that for a while. Yeah, that one's deep. You did the best you could at the time with the knowledge you had. Don't beat yourself up over. There it. you go with those fantastic sayings that you have. You're just that's, really good. That's at that. good stuff. There's yeah. a lot of wisdom there, though. Uh, there is. Sean's good at that. Oh yeah. Um, savor the mo- the moment. Save savor the movement. And sometimes I do <laughs> well, that. You know what? Yep. <laughs> In this moment, I'm savoring this. <laughs> savor. <laughs> savor the moment. Uh, life moves pretty fast. First, Bueller said, "If you don't stop and look around once in a while, you just might miss it." Yep. But, but it's absolutely true. I try to do that all the time with my kids in the middle of a hectic, crazy day, and I got a million things on my mind to think. This right here, this is this is as good as life gets right here. Your kids sitting next to you, you're watching a show, you're enjoying it. Don't think about other things and ruin it. This is the good part of life. You idiot. <laughs> I say to myself. Uh, choose time over stuff. That's a pretty good one. Yeah, experiences over stuff too. Boy, this is a tough one for our line of work. Seek out good news. <laughs> mm. 
in a study done, we found that watching three minutes of positive solutions-focused news as compared to negative news can lead to a 27% higher likelihood of reporting your day is happy. I don't doubt that. Uh, I know there are days I feel like the news is chewing up my soul. Mm-hmm. And I just have to step away from it and or uh, look to positive stuff or, or, you know, frankly, advocating for what you think ought to be as opposed to wallowing in what is, uh, you know, it's it's good. Makes you feel better. And uh, I didn't get to all 12, but uh, the the other one that I actually definitely need to remember is move. Uh, movement is so good for your body and your mind. Exerpro- exercise just makes you feel better. Uh, the, the likelihood that you're going to feel good goes way up if you get any blood flowing in your body. Mm. I need to do that. Good stuff. Yeah. I'm just going to start doing curls during the show as we're talking. Just right, left, right, left until my arms are just Well, huge. like we were talking about a coworker we had who used to throw around the old medicine ball at work, him and another guy. Sounds mm-hmm. like a euphemism. They would actually they would actually heave the medicine ball back and forth. Oof. Oof. While editing the news. And they were ripped. Yeah. So I'm going to savor my movements. Choose time over stuff. <laughs> Your movement. Set my mind on being happy. Do something for someone else. All these things. And I'll just be happy as a clam. If you see me, I'll have a smile on my face. I'll be so damned happy it'll be annoying to you. Wow. Uh, Something to look forward to. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Here's a couple of corporations with uh, changing times. Uh, Twitter announced our employees never have to go back to the office so long as they have a job that can be done remotely. So uh, all those gazillions of people that work for Twitter might not be going back to the office. This might be true for a lot of industries. And then, of course, nobody really knows how that will shake out in terms of because if the San Francisco area, if all the tech companies say you don't need to go into an office. Yeah, never mind. As long as you got a computer, you can live anywhere. Well, then I probably won't live where they have the most expensive rents in the entire world. Uh, and then if all those people start uh, fanning out across the country or world mm-hmm. to work, then the prices go down. And go, I, I don't know. It, this could have such long-lasting consequences in so many different ways. Yeah. This whole thing. Related story, by the by. Uh, here's your headline from La Times, the LA Times. Bosses are panic-buying spy software to keep tabs on remote workers. Hilarious. And they talk about how if you, the, the digital surveillance can even like figure out when you're looking at the screen and when you're not. <sighs> Colleges and schools use this. And if you are away from your uh, you know unit for like your your computer for five minutes, it'll like flash a warning and report it to your boss and the whatever. Rest of it. <laughs> I, you know, I only work. I I have a limited sphere of uh, working knowledge. I've worked in a one industry for the most part but aren't there aren't most jobs can you just judge it on did they get their work done or not did they get the amount done in the time they were supposed to do it and was it done well right what do you give a crap whether or not they looked at their phone for a while right well that's stupid stupid bosses insist on slow steady drone-like work out of their producers they're they're real performers when some people go in Bursts of energy and creativity and aggressiveness, and and then they got to lay down for a while. They just got to back off of it for a while. We've known salespeople like that. I've I've worked at two kinds of radio stations in my career, and I've seen one flourish and one struggle. Though I've worked in, in tiny little markets where this would happen too, but the 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 boss would be there 
literally sitting there watching people walk through the door, looking at the clock, make sure they were there by 8 o'clock. Same thing at 5. Nobody out the door before 5 o'clock. Those places struggle because nobody wants to freaking work in that environment. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And those idiot bosses who think they're going to get more out of somebody that way. And then other places where it's just... Hey, you perform. You get a commission on this. It's up to you. And people, some people work like really hard two days a week and then have five day weekends, but they kill it. Right. Right. Which would you rather they have? Produce, so you read about the spy, spyware to see if somebody's looking away from the screen. Whatever. I found some of this a little more interesting than that, though. There are, uh, you can design it so it, it reports a combination of worrisome behaviors, such as printing both a confidential client list and a resume. An indication that someone's quitting and taking their book of business with them. <laughs> and they can customize it to your to your business. That's hilarious. Yeah, it is kind of funny. It's it's a little scary, honestly. Oh, yeah. But, um, it, it's American ingenuity at work, which the Chinese will steal as soon as possible. Facebook is paying moderators $52 million for psychological damages. Each? These are the people that developed PTSD oh, God, from this viewing stuff. graphic Ugh. disturbing videos. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry I even made a joke about it because it, it's terrible. So you had the job at Facebook where you're supposed to sit there and look at stuff and decide whether or not it needs to be taken down. And they just saw, well, the worst stuff in the world. I hate to even read the sort of stuff. We've braced ourselves. We can take it. Child sexual abuse, beheadings, terrorism, animal cruelty. I can just imagine. Holy cow. And all kinds of other disturbing images. And you watch that all day long, and it ruins your brain, and I'm sure it does. Of course, it's a class action lawsuit. You know how those work. Sure. The lawyers get two-thirds, and then and the, the, and the moderators are going to are gonna get $1,000 each. Right. Honestly. Yeah. I'm not exaggerating. That's really? what it says here in the story. You're kidding. No. Holy The crap. settlement grabs you, grants U.S. moderators who were part of the class action lawsuit $1,000 each. Okay, so I had to look at uh, wow. animal abuse and child porn all day long for a job, and because it ruined my brain, you're giving me 1000 bucks. Thank but the you. lawyers are getting paid, Jack. That's the key. Uh, and then they'll cover some medical treatment if you need you know, uh, counseling and all that. Well, sort that's of stuff. good. Oh, yeah. At least. Man, that's that's something, though. It's a it's oh, $600 billion market cap, Facebook. Oof. Uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, a normal human being exposed to the worst human beings, their mind goes, it hurts their soul. Yeah. Of course, you're, you're not seeing any sort of, you're, you're seeing too much of it. There's a tiny bit of, there's a, there's a tiny number, number of weirdos doing awful things in every town in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not designed to take all that in at once. Right. Jeez, God dang it. How did how do you... I, 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 well, and we're designed to be repulsed, horrified, and angered by that sort of uh, behavior. I got to believe these are people that thought they could handle it, too, or you wouldn't have taken that job. Like, I right. would I would say, no way. I don't... Don't even tell me what it pays. I don't care. I'm not going to take a job where I look at animal abuse and child porn all day long. Yeah, I'm just not going to do that. But these are, apparently are people, I'm guessing, that thought, no, I can handle that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I can I understand that because there are some things you think you can handle until you're confronted with them and then realize that in the flash or, you know, on the video, they're much more terrible than you imagined. And they have an effect on your psyche much yeah. more powerful than you imagine. I don't know if that means I have a better imagination or they have a worse one or what? Or I'm I just know. weaker or what? Uh, I would guess this is a lot of young people, too, oh, who dang. have not had that happen to them. 
the experience of thinking I can handle this and then realizing, no, not so much. Are you dealing with sticker shock at the supermarket? You're not alone. The price of groceries saw record-setting spikes over the last month or so. I rarely do the grocery shopping, but I somehow ended up in that situation the other day. I hate it because it takes me takes me like an hour to do oh, something my please. wife can do in 10 minutes. Because I don't know where anything is. And she even makes the list in order because she can picture the grocery store in her mind. Oh, that's so the, handy. So the list is like I should be able to just go around and order, but I still I don't. You got to double back. You're like, where was, oh, yeah. the, where yeah. was the almond Well, butter? it's easy to miss stuff. <laughs> I don't have any idea. Where she can just go through and just grab, 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 grab. Well, you're walking along. There's pasta sauce. There's pasta sauce. There's pasta. There's just like two inches of taco sauce. <laughs> and then, you know, vast shelves worth of stuff. And guys, listen, this is, this is, uh, this is science. This is anthropology. Guys, brains, and eyes are meant to notice motion. Primarily. Threats. I got my out for a, a tribe that's about to try and come kill me. Right. I'm not Th- trying to find the exact ripest tomato. Right, exactly. You're, you are made to recognize the cavemen from the other valley coming over the hill to catch that motion in your eye, or the antelope ooching along in the tall grass. Women, on the other hand, through thousands of, hundreds of thousands of years of evolution, are, are made to recognize uh, changes in color and texture, gathering as opposed to hunting. So, uh, listen, ladies, <laughs> ladies, ladies. <laughs> yeah, you send us to the grocery store. It's just it's a fish out of water. Here's the other problem I have. So you I... need like shaking shelves to make it easier for the dudes. <laughs> well, listen, or... if the taco sauce tried to run away from me, I would see that immediately. I would give chase and I would throttle it. The other problem is I have is I don't know vegetables. So she'll put Brussels sprouts on the list. I don't have the slightest idea what a Brussels sprout looks like. Oh, boy. No idea. So I have to Google it on my phone and find pictures (laughs) and then hold it in front of the giant wall of green things and try to figure out which one is this picture. Don't Google it. Bing it. Google is evil. Anyway. I don't know any vegetables, so that really slows me down. I'm good on most vegetables, but occasionally we'll have a recipe with bok choy or... No, I would never even... It's a leafy green. I wouldn't even know where to do. I go to the grocery store or the Jiffy Lube for that. I don't know. I don't even know how to get close to that. Organic fennel. What? Well, fennel I wouldn't have the slightest idea. Asparagus is the only one I know. You don't know broccoli? What about no, corn? No. So one no that idea. looks like a human brain on a tree. No idea which one is broccoli. No? Nope. How about lettuce? Now Surely you, you can recognize <laughs> lettuce. Now that you told me that, but there are 75 choices of lettuce. True. Which one am I supposed That's to what get? makes this country great. Get your iceberg. Just not the purple stuff. <laughs> your romaine. It's off-putting. <laughs> yeah, purple. Why is it bruise-colored? Nobody wants bruise-colored <laughs> food. <laughs> I think I do know eggplant just because of the emoji. Butterhead lettuce. <laughs> because of the emoji. Butterhead lettuce. Do I have time to mention this? Because it's a Octavia. I, I think it's just butter lettuce. I don't I think it's butter face lettuce. <laughs> so somehow we got, uh, oh, yeah, and, uh, food, food prices have spiked. That's how the story started. Yes. And, uh, and I was yes, at the grocery let's get store. back there. <laughs> and I was at the grocery store, and I was supposed to pick up a couple of steaks. Said, oh, my God, is this what we spend on steaks? Yeah. We can't eat steak anymore. Yeah. And, and, and I asked her when I got home, and she said, no, it's the meat shortage thing. Because they were just thirty dollars. Yeah. We can't spend sixty dollars for a twelve dollar steak. For a couple of steaks, but that's the price of meat for a lot of your meat now. It's just insane. These, these prices. Move it's it like up. you're. It's like you're trying to buy a panda steak at the Wuhan wet market. These prices are outrageous. This is just cow. 
I drive by hundreds of cows on my way home. <laughs> of course, I live out in the country, but surely there's... there. Hey, farmers, I was just reading an article about this. Not only barter, but more direct marketing. For instance, I have a buddy who is uh, in the wholesale fish and seafood business, a longtime family company. And I don't know what percentage of his business, but I think it's like 90, 95% is selling to restaurants. Well, as you might guess, he's getting murdered. Um, and so more and more of his friends and acquaintances are, are realizing, well, wait a minute. He can get me seafood that was swimming in the ocean yesterday. Fresh, delicious seafood. And I did that and I cooked up some scallops last night. It's absolutely fabulous. But we have uncountable cattle and hogs. That are just going to get, you know, wasted and thrown in mass graves because of the choke point there at the processing place. I wish there were some way we could come up with a workaround. But uh, your counties and states probably with the regulatory regimes would not let it happen. Everything's up, though. Meat, poultry, fish, eggs, uh, everything you can talk about. So overall, it was the biggest jump in prices at grocery stores in half a century. Moving up. In the last month. So That's you have, amazing. So you got 20% of the workforce, or as we pointed out earlier, among people in the lower income, 40% of the workforce that's lost their job at the same time that groceries have spiked the biggest in half a century. That's a bad combo. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show.